Hello everyone and welcome back guys to episode 2 of Jamie183 and myself's F1 podcast that still remains nameless because lack of creativity. Actually yeah, we'll start this off uh, by saying if you guys have got any ideas <laughs> as to what to call this podcast, please please let us know uh, down in the description below. But obviously today we're here back talking about the Bahrain Grand Prix that obviously went live, went live, what happened in real life <laughs> over the weekend. You can tell, you can tell there's, there's a lot of discussion about YouTube content on, on this channel normally. Well, I'm not good, to, good at talking about real life. But yeah, obviously if you guys missed out on the first podcast we did last week where we predicted our top 10 for the F1 2021 Drivers and Constructors Championship or mainly the Constructors and then who would come out on top in each driver rivalry. Yeah, I would definitely, definitely recommend going back and checking it out. Obviously today though, we're here back talking the Bahrain Grand Prix. We're pretty much going to exclusively talk about the race itself and then maybe at the end of this video as well, obviously we'll do a little bit looking towards Imola and then we also wanted to talk a little bit about Formula 2 as well then. But kicking it off then, what a Grand Prix it was, Jamie. What what were your sort of initial thoughts and feelings when all was said and done in Sakir? I absolutely loved it. Also, it's nice to be introduced to this video. So, hello, everyone. You're a regular. Um, I don't need to introduce that's you. That's true, to be fair. You should all know who I am by now. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. Like, it was... In terms of an actual natural race, it's probably one of the best I can remember in a long time. Like, obviously, races that are crazy because of safety cars and because of weather and stuff like that, they're obviously quite regular, but... An actual race with no intervention from a safety car, just two drivers going at it the whole race. It's one of the best in quite a long time, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, when I'm, now you've said that, I'm trying to think. I think, what, the last time we really had a race like that was, it was Hungary sometime with 2019? Ferrari. Oh, yeah, probably Hungary. That was a good was race. Say, yeah, that was... Well, this is sort of what I said about halfway through. This Grand Prix really gave me Hungary 2019 vibes. Yeah. It was sort of like swapped the other way around. Obviously, it didn't quite work out uh, the same way with the strategy. And everything like that. But yeah, I mean, it was... To kick off a season... I mean, everyone sort of... Like, there was this huge debate I saw on Twitter going, well, last season's opener was better than this season's. Yeah, it was. But that's just because it was a crazy race with loads of safety cars and unpredictable stuff. This race was naturally really good, which I think is very exciting for the future of the year. Yes. This is sort of what I undenied about in sort of my own mind, Mo. Does that technically, in my eyes, therefore make this a better race? Last season's was a better spectacle. This one yeah. was a better race in my eyes. Depends Depends what sort of motorsport fan you are, I think. If you like yeah. the pure two drivers going at it for a championship, I think this was better. But in terms of, especially maybe a casual viewer, watching last year's race would have been, like in terms of Austria last year, was probably more fun to watch. Yeah. But this, I think, as a motorsport fan, as a like hardcore motorsport fan, this was better, I think. Yeah, no, I, I think I think we can agree on that then obviously what we'll try and do over the course of the day is sort of just talk through the main talking points uh from the grand prix and really i mean it started before it even began didn't it sergio perez mm. pre-race on the formation lap the car switched off on him yeah classic red bull second car luck uh striking perez very early um but to be fair to him he got it going without any help and yeah recovered as we will probably mention really well throughout the rest of the race sort of gave me the vibes of Sakir last year in the first stint where he just like was overtaking at least one car each lap um quite easily obviously the cars at the back quite easy to pass but still he was in the top 10 like before you even knew it really which was very impressive from him I think a very good first race you think yes. you compare that to the likes of uh Albin or potentially Gasly coming from the back they'd have probably been like just about getting to top six by the very end but Perez was there like 20 laps from the end like yeah, yeah. top six and this was I, I was gonna say obviously talking about that failure at the start it seemed a bit weird didn't it mm. in the fact that there would seem to be no panic from Red Bull I mean they confirmed beforehand obviously Honda had already changed the control electronics on Gasly's car earlier on in the weekend I think it was Saturday yeah and, uh, and then, as well. well they did it on Perez's car as well as more of like a precautionary measure but then it sort of seemed weird, the fact there was no sort of panic, almost like they expected the car to shut down pre Yeah, it was really weird. Maybe they're too used to it after the uh, last six years. But it was very strange. Like, no one, even on the radio and everything, well, I guess he didn't have radio because the electronics had gone off, but they weren't that panicked, and then it just suddenly came back on and he drove to the end of the pit lane and got on with it. But yeah, yeah it, was, it was a very strange strange incident, really. Yes, yeah, very weird. I mean, just, just mentioning there, you're talking about Honda power units shutting down. <laughs> I would like to remind you, Honda were the only supplier last year that had no engine penalties. Yeah, they were very good last year. I just meant Red Bull generally for the last 
last yeah, seven years haven't been that reliable. <laughs> yeah, no, Red Bull tend to like to push their engines to the absolute limit, normally because the car wasn't quite there to battle with the Ferrari and the Mercedes just in front of them. So obviously we had Perez with his issues pre-race, two formation laps. Did that maybe come back to haunt Red Bull at the end? Had there been one oh, more I racing think, lap? I didn't actually think of that. That's you true. never thought of that. Yeah, I'll no. be honest. I don't think many people have. And uh, that's Perez's be... fault that they caused the extra formation lap, didn't they? Well, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that later <laughs> on in this video. I think it, it's safe to say that will definitely be a talking point we come back to. Then we get to the start, the real start. Five lights go out. Fairly undramatic turn one. Sonoda went backwards. We noticed that. And then... Well, he, he went, he was, I think you said he was down to like P17, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, he was start? very close to the back right at the start, yeah. I don't know why. Obviously, he started, what, 13th or 14th? So Yeah, 12th, I think it was, in the end. Very bad start for Sonoda, but he, yeah, again, he recovered very well. But one man who didn't recover was um, Nikita Mazepin, who ended up in a barrier very quickly. <laughs> uh, I, I don't, yeah. don't want to laugh, but, you know, it was a very, very poor weekend all round. Yeah. Have you got any thoughts beyond that, really? Well, I mean, what more can you really say? In... I don't want to be the one to start defending Mazepin in this series, but Schumacher then also did the same not long mm. after. The car so, looks like an absolute handful. The car looks like an absolute handful, but you think lap one, turn two. I mean, he said, I know obviously I read through Hass's article after the race. It was very depressing to read through, I won't lie. <laughs> um, but obviously Hass sort of said, you know, that uh, Mazepin said he tried to avoid Schumacher. But he crashed like four seconds later. Yeah, it, to me it looked like he just got on the outside curb at turn three. He yeah, up the rear wheels and binned it. Like that's a league racing error. Like how is he doing that in a top tier of motorsport? It's something you do, yeah, in your first lap of time trial yeah. in a Formula One game, <laughs> not in your very first Formula One Grand Prix. And I mean, yeah, again, I'm, I'm not gonna bit. I hate this whole idea of people on Twitter just completely wanting Mazepin to bin it every weekend. Yeah, they want him to fail. So because is, on, really on the one hand, you think, if he if he makes mistakes, it doesn't really bother me that much. As long as Obviously, of course, as long as he doesn't get injured or anything like that. That's always the big thing as well. But, mm. I mean, if he, if he makes a few blunders here and there and he learns from it, you think, fair enough. Every driver deserves that chance to sort of make a few mistakes early on in their career. Everyone's done it. As long as it doesn't become a regular thing and it a very quickly becomes clear he's only got his Formula 1 seat because of his dad's money. Yeah. Now, there's always that debate about it anyway, let's be fair. Uh, I, had his dad not been a billionaire, I think the story might be a bit different. Yeah, uh, but, yeah but I think if he can prove himself that he can actually turn some laps and be... I mean, Mick Schumacher was comfortably ahead of him anyway at the end of qualifying, wasn't he? I think the gap was, what, about eight tenths of a second? Yeah, because Mazepin didn't get to his last lap, obviously. Well, he did, but he binned it at turn one. Yes. Um, so I think the gap was a bit bigger than it would have been because Schumacher got his last lap in, Yeah. Um, whereas Mazepin didn't. But either way, I think they're going to be fighting over the back row most of the season anyway. So It's going to be the battle for the yeah, wooden spoon, isn't it? Pretty sure Madison and Grosjean are like... A, lucky they got out when they did to be fair yes yeah and i think yeah again obviously everyone was talking about mazepin's crash but you gotta remember schumacher basically did the same thing he was exactly just lucky it was thing, at a different yeah. part of the track as uh, so obviously he didn't fly off obviously that first uh incident by mazepin brought out the only safety car of the day if i'm not mistaken mm. obviously we, we saw a couple of vscs later on as well there but on the restart though charles leclerc i mean he got past bottas down at turn one and then, obviously, on the restart, he was almost three wide with Hamilton he did. He did and the lead, Verstappen. I think I don't think he quite got the lead, but he was he was right he was there. Three wide, yeah. I I was very impressed by Leclerc all weekend. Um, obviously, we know how how good he can be when he's got the car underneath him. We saw him absolutely rinse Vettel last season, so I was very impressed. Like, Science isn't a bad driver. I think obviously it's his first race in a new car, so you can't really judge Science too much. But Leclerc pretty much got the maximum out of that, like battling, keeping it. Uh, splitting the McLarens in the end actually only just losing to Perez uh, close to the end so it was a very good race for Leclerc I think that it's nice to see the Ferraris slightly more respectable um, I'm not a massive Ferrari fan but it was a shame seeing the battle for like 14th last year so it's nice to see them up there with McLaren definitely and hopefully yeah, that battle yeah. will be a good one to watch well, it's a, it's a bit weird. I know everyone was saying this on Twitter. It was weird seeing Ferrari have to drive so far down the pit lane for their mm, boxes. Yeah. You'd, see, you'd see the McLaren's pit 
and you'd see the Ferrari fly past, you'd be like, oh my god, he's undercut him. And yeah. then realise, oh no, he hasn't even It's just not yet. stopped yet. <laughs> <laughs> Which, yeah, I mean, what's it? It's the furthest they're down the grid lane since 1980. Yeah. And at that point, pit stops weren't really a thing. Obviously, no. back then in Formula 1. So, yeah, I mean, it is really, yeah, the, the furthest down the pit lane Ferrari have really ever been uh, when you think about it as well. But yeah, you're just saying sort of Charles Leclerc when he's got the car underneath him. I'd argue Charles Leclerc is even better when he hasn't got the car underneath him. That's when the true, car's actually. skating around all over the place. Yeah, I mean, he, he had a hanging Q3 time. Yeah, and they topped Ferrari 1-2 in Q2 as well, which obviously yeah. doesn't actually mean that much, and it was on softs. But yeah. it was still good to see him back up there, I think. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Charles Leclerc, he's certainly... If he's got the car underneath him, I do genuinely believe he's got what it takes to be at least close to Verstappen and Hamilton. Yeah, but I, I just don't think he's going to get that chance between now and Ferrari getting better and Hamilton retiring, yeah. which I'm sure there'll be a whole podcast to dedicated in the future. <laughs> Good idea. But, write yeah. that one down. We'll write that one down. <laughs> we'll, we'll keep that one in, in the notes as well. Then, obviously, So he had the restart. Obviously, Charles Leclerc trying everything at the start there. One man who was trying everything and unfortunately gone backwards, though, uh, was Pierre Gasly. Now, I'm sure this one hit close to Jamie's heart. Is, <laughs> as some of you may know, Jamie is a huge Gasly fan. Uh, yeah, what, what were your thoughts and feelings off that restart? And then, of course, the mistake. Just a bit gutted, really. Um, I think it was actually, it was Gasly trying to get past Bottas into one, which left him, like, out of position. Yes. All the way up, yeah. turn, all the way up towards turn four, which then the two McLarens both got past him into turn four. And Ricardo, um, obviously trying to avoid contact himself, broke a little bit early into turn six. And then Gasly was, yeah, didn't have the reaction times to uh, get out of the way. And yeah, hit Ricardo's diffuser and lost his entire front wing and got floor damage. So it was a bit disappointing. Um, well, very disappointing considering how quick the car was. Uh, but I think the good thing is the car pace is definitely there. It's not like a once a season, uh, like potential fifth place or something that he's thrown away. I think the car would be there or thereabouts a lot of the races, especially next week at Imola, because we saw how quick they were there towards the end of last year. So as a, as a Gazi fan, I think it's not the end of the world. Obviously, it's a bit of a shame, but... Um, there's plenty more races to make up for it. Yeah, again, I think that was a Gasly fan's interpretation of the incident. On the <laughs> other hand, it's lap one after a safety car. Everyone's going to be a bit cautious. And it seemed to me, watching it, that Gasly got off the brake, or got on the brakes at the right time, and then sort of just let them off and sort of lackadaisically just went into the back. Yeah, it's almost like he Daniel was thinking Ricardo. there was no car in front of him, so he's going to take the corner normally. Yeah, it, it was all a bit weird. But again, I mean... I was a bit gutted for Gasly, meaning because he completely screwed my F1 fantasy team. <laughs> uh, that was why I was more annoyed with Gasly, I won't lie. But, I mean, I'm sure he won't make that mistake again this year. And if he, Well, I'd be surprised if he does, to be honest. Gasly, again, I'm, I'm not a big fan of Gasly in the same way Jamie is, but he's certainly a driver that generally will only make that sort of mistake once a year. Unless he's in the Red Bull. He does yeah. tend to, yeah, he does tend to learn. I mean, again... He, he hasn't gone back to Rebels, so he hasn't made that mistake again. Uh, yeah. But he's generally... A, I mean, he's a clever guy behind the wheel. I think we both know that. I mean, you'll mm. admit it anyway. Uh, so obviously, yeah, we had... Gasly was sort of there with the McLarens and the Ferraris then. Then we started to see sort of this titanic battle start to form between McLaren and Ferrari. Uh, sort of in the the first window of the Grand Prix. And obviously, Lando Norris managed to get up to Charles Leclerc. They then had a brilliant battle for a few mm. laps, obviously sort of jockeying for position. Arguably, I think up until about lap 50, that was probably the best battle we'd seen all day. Yeah, I think so. I think Leclerc and Norris, they both feel like they've got a lot to prove. Um, especially as they've not had the car, really, to fight towards the front. But this, I think it was about for, for fourth at that point. So clearly they want to try and hold on to it. I think Leclerc knew that by the end of the race, he maybe didn't have the pace to keep up with Norris. But it was a very good battle. I think when they went side by side into turn four, I thought it was going to be a crash. But they're both skilled enough to... Uh, just about avoid it, luckily. Um, and yeah, very good racing. And I think uh, the McLaren was just about quicker than the Ferrari this weekend. So Norris always had it coming to him, I think. Yeah, and I think this is hopefully going to be a battle that we can really watch throughout the entirety mm. of the season, isn't it? It seemed like, obviously, Gasly had a very good weekend up to like, like 12, whenever it was. Oh, no, it was about like 5, no, it was wasn't about it? About 4, he... yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> obviously, when he made that mistake. But I feel like, yeah, we're definitely sort of seeing Ferrari and McLaren Obviously, it's only one weekend in. A lot can change, but they really did seem to have that clear-cut margin over the rest of the midfield. Maybe Alpha Tauri can hang with them more consistently, mm. but obviously that'll take a few more weeks to sort of develop and see how that plays out as well then. Obviously, then 
not long after that, we started to move into more the strategy element of the Grand Prix. Obviously, Hamilton came to the pits lap 14. What were you thinking when he did that off the mediums? Um, I I don't know anything about strategies. So all I'm working off was like the pit stop summary thing at the start of the race. So them saying it's a two-stop, you never actually know when they say that. I, I was fully expecting Red Bull to cover it because that's generally what they do. But obviously, they were confident they could run their own race. But then they forgot that dirty air was a thing, apparently. So maybe in hindsight, giving up track position was a little bit stupid. But I I think that if they had tried to cover it off one lap later, Mercedes then do something completely different with Bottas and you're in another problem. It's just, yeah, the issue of uh, having only one driver against two. They're always going to come up to it until Perez gets a good qualifying in. Hopefully he does that quite soon. But So say it's only been one weekend. Yeah, it's Give been one chance. race. Yeah. <laughs> Over the last two years, we've seen it quite a lot. But, yes, um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think it was too late anyway. It would have been about a two-tenth difference, the AWS thing was saying, had Verstappen yes. pit the lap after, so it would have been very close anyway. Maybe they were better just trying their own thing, but in hindsight, yeah, maybe not. I don't know. It's obviously down to the strategists. They're a lot more qualified than I am to talk about that sort of thing, and obviously they know way more than I do. So, yeah, it was a weird one. I had it, like, my experience of the closest thing I can compare it to is when I'm league racing, if a driver behind me tries to go for an undercut, I cover it off the lap after, regardless. But that's maybe because I'm a bit cautious. Red Bull obviously have a lot more technical expertise than me in league racing. So <laughs> uh, they obviously tried something different. You could argue it worked, but then didn't. Yeah, we'll get onto that later. Yeah, yeah, obviously we'll come back to that in a bit. But I think, yeah, like you said, Hamilton, I mean, he pulled, what was it? Uh, obviously Hamilton pit end of 14, Max pit the end of 18. Hamilton then pulled eight seconds over that. Oh no, it was about ten seconds. Obviously, it was about when 10 you seconds include, out of the pits, yeah. obviously, yeah, by the obviously the gap he was behind beforehand. And I think, yeah, a lot of, I think, yeah, Hamilton. Obviously, they pit him in, and then Red Bull very quickly realised had Max pit anyway, Hamilton would have probably got the jump on him. So I think they just thought, thought, right, we've got to play the long game here. We may as well pit Max when we wanted to get him to the end in the quickest way possible that we can, and sort of try not to worry too much about Mercedes. And again, we'll talk about that later on in the video and then not long after that obviously fernando alonso no, we haven't mentioned him much so far no I, i'll be honest i i don't like alonso as as a, <laughs> as, a, as a as a as a human being he he's not my favorite person in the world <laughs> i can on the other hand completely appreciate the fact that he came back to formula one with two years out and instantly in qualifying got pretty much everything out of that alpine that i'll be honest i wasn't expecting him to do yeah, he smashed it. He was brilliant, I thought, all weekend. Um, the race pace just really wasn't there. but No. And neither was the collie pace, really, but he still managed to get in the top 10. I think uh, he has shown that he's not lost anything since he left. No. He was still yeah, brilliant all weekend, I think. And unfortunately, that I think it was a brake issue. I, I think yes, it was actually well, this is what, this is what a I was sandwich or something, it. wasn't it? Yeah, san it was a sandwich wrapper got caught in the brake and caused damage. I want to yeah. know if it was a ham sandwich or not. Uh, personally. Knowing the French, it was probably cheese, to be honest. Um, you reckon You reckon the French sabotaged their own car, do you? Yeah, You I reckon think that's what's happened? <laughs> well, it wouldn't have been ham in Bahrain, man. Think about it, come on. That's also true. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I I think he did brilliantly all weekend. Um, the race pace wasn't there. I don't think the tyre wear was quite there either. We saw him going backwards a little bit in the race. Um, yeah. But I still think he probably would have scabbed a point or two had he finished. Um, well, this is sort of what they said, wasn't it? Because obviously mm. we saw Alonso, we were sort of sticking with that McLaren and Ferrari battle. Now, I don't think he would have been able to keep up with them to the end. But no. obviously, again, that was probably not helped by the fact that he immediately started to have these brake issues quite early on that obviously mm. they just overheated him and obviously the problem just got worse and worse hence why we saw him going backwards yeah. as well there but obviously that did lead to I think one of a lot of people's most memorable not most memorable but pretty memorable <laughs> moment in the first half of the Grand Prix and that was young Snooky Sonoda's dive bomb on him yeah, from a crazy. mile back Fair I play. actually missed it um, during the race. I just was looking at my phone, so I didn't see it, it the first time or in the replay. So the first I saw it was on Twitter afterwards, but it was really good, like from so far back. I don't know, potentially Alonso had to break early due to his yes, issues, yeah. but either way, to have the confidence of sending one of the two-time world champion on your first race um, was pretty impressive. Obviously, we saw back in the day Kobayashi used to do that sort of thing. So maybe it's a trait of the Japanese, but well, yeah, I, I, mean, I hope he does it more. It was, it was a really yeah. good move. Name a more iconic duo than Japanese Formula One drivers and bags of confidence. Just sending it. Yeah. 
Yeah, Kobayashi was always pretty mental back in the day. But yeah, I mean, I mean, they come in and they're just confident instantly, which I think yeah. is incredible. And I think, yeah, like again, I don't want to get too much on this Yuki Sonoda hype train that a lot of people seem to have got onto. Because on the one hand, he's like, I'll be honest, some of the stuff that's obviously come out in articles about him, I think a lot of people are overhyping him because he's five foot two at the <laughs> yeah. end of the day. And people love him because they could put him in their backpack. <laughs> yeah. Which isn't a personality trait in my eyes. <laughs> yeah, being short isn't, isn't yeah. all that. <laughs> but I mean, bless him so far. In the car, he's done an absolute worldly this first weekend. And again, I'm sure we'll talk about that yeah. a little bit later on. Now, obviously, I think this was about midway uh, through the Grand Prix. Uh, then sort of it started to get a bit quiet again. Obviously, we saw Hamilton undercut Max once more or sort of... For, well, no, Just it, extend the gap, didn't it? The yeah, sorry, extend the gap. Half seconds, I think. Yeah, obviously know, over another like couple nine. of laps. And this is sort of where we had these rumours that maybe Mercedes were planning a three-stop strategy, which mm. seemed a bit crazy. I won't lie. I sort of Obviously, we saw one pit, and then we saw Red Bull pit a little bit closer second time round, didn't we? Yeah. And then obviously... It was sort of just that whole thing of Max Verstappen isn't going to have that big of an advantage. Surely it's worth just keeping him out to the end of the Grand Prix. And obviously, again, uh, we'll, we'll talk about that later on. Then we move to one of the more controversial moments of the weekend. And I'm sure this will be one that Jamie is absolutely <laughs> looking forward to getting into. Sebastian Vettel. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, that dear. crash with Ocon <laughs> was just... I mean, it was the purest version of oh dear I think I've ever witnessed. Yeah, it was it was not very impressive. I think we saw when he went to Ferrari back in fifteen, he was really really good from the off, and he sort of put the whole Red Bull twenty fourteen behind him. I think this race was appalling from Vettel. Like this whole weekend, I yeah. Mean, the the qualifying was bad. Yeah. The race was terrible. Um, I think the strategy didn't help him. He was like left out way too long at the start on his old tires and was getting like swallowed up by everyone, but. To just crash into Ocon like that and then blame Ocon for turning into the corner. Obviously, he at the moment stuff, he might not have meant it on rewatch. Yeah, he, I mean, he did straight after the Grand Prix go and apologise yeah. to him. So I think but that was still, yeah, to make moment. a mistake. He's made that mistake so many times before. I think back, what, Silverstone 19 when he did that to Verstappen? It was very similar to that. Just breaking right behind someone. Of course, you're not going to have as much downforce. So break a bit earlier. Don't just T bone the car in front. It was, yeah, it was so poor from a yeah. four-time world champion just making him look making himself look even more silly than he has done already and again this is not what we spoke about in pre-season both of us would love to see prime sebastian vettel back in that aston martin really dragging it to great results and things mm. like that and you can talk about last year's ferrari being woeful but he's still making the same mistakes uh, again it's only been one weekend we'll, we'll give him We'll give him a little bit of slack. Or I'm going to anyway. I don't know whether you are. Yeah, I'll give it him not. as well. Why not? But you just think this has got to change or it's... I mean, Stroll was quicker than him all weekend pretty much, wasn't he? Hmm. I mean, yeah. you look back at free practice if I quickly just double check it. Uh, where was... Uh, so... Uh, no, FP1, Seb and Stroll were pretty much even. FP2, obviously I'm just basing this on fastest lap. Stroll was clear of Sebastian by about four tenths. FP3, again, let's have a look. Uh, Stroll was, again, clear by about three tenths. Obviously, qualifying, Seb was unlucky with that. I mean, Mazepin, again, we've, we've spoke about Mazepin. There's not really much more to say. Seb was one of the guys who got screwed by that. And then Ferrari decided they'd switch off uh, Sainz's engine right in front of him. That time around, apparently, he didn't obey the no, didn't. yellow flag orders as much as he should have. Uh, so he obviously he was at the back of the grid for the start of the Grand Prix, and I think again it was one of those things where you're like this is just going to be one of those weekends for Seb, isn't it? Mm. And every weekend just seems to be one of those weekends for Seb at the moment. Yeah, um, yeah, it was it was poor. It was very poor. Even people say, oh, he got binned off by yellow flags in quality. He was eight tenths off Stroll on the first run, or at least by the end of Q one, he was eight tenths off. Like, was he really going to improve by that much to get into Q two? I don't know. Um, yeah, hopefully it'll just move on, get back on with it, and he's off to Imola in a couple of weeks. Exactly, and yeah. I hopefully think... fresh start, round one, call it round one, ignore this one. Is this like Sebastian Vettel's equivalent of the player from nil-nil? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, again, I think we we just want to see Seb back, but 
I don't want to see. I, I mean, I I want to see it, but I, I, it's not going to be the end of it. I don't have much confidence. <laughs> no, I I don't have much faith in it happening. As well, that you just sort of think whether he needs a new sports psychologist or something. I thought you were going to say he needs a new sport for a second. Then, That's well, yeah, harsh. I mean, <laughs> BTCC could get him in that. I suppose. I'm sure. I mean, he might go to DTM for all we know. He might do something like that. Formula E. In the future. Welcome there. Been off. Uh, of, uh, what yeah. is it? Reject F1 drivers all end up in Formula E. They, so. they certainly do, yeah. Uh, but I mean, yeah. At the end of the day, Sebastian Vettel finished fifteenth between Schumacher and George Russell. Yeah. And he had That's, 10 seconds added at the end. Yes, that just isn't acceptable. Right, anyway, so obviously that was, again, sort of the only big piece of action we saw later on in the Grand Prix until we get to the final 10 laps. I'll paint yes. a picture. 10 laps to go of the Grand Prix. The gap's seven seconds. Max Verstappen is taking, like, a half a second to a second a lap out of Lewis Hamilton. We see, first of all, Hamilton's lockup, and he runs wide out of turn 10. Some people were saying he abused track limits there. Others, oh, up. <laughs> others have brain cells and yeah. understand he's locked up. Of course, he's going to run wide. <laughs> and he lost about it's, half a second in that as well. It's just what happens. We So, Max Verstappen, he's closing down this gap. The, the clock's ticking. We've got four laps to go. He gets a run down towards turn one. He can't quite make the move work. He sets himself up beautifully for a run up the hill. He gets to the outside of Lewis Hamilton. And then we all know what happened. Jamie... What were your thoughts? <laughs> um, I, I don't want to get into too many arguments. I think the people complaining loads that it's like, oh, it's just, it was fine because Hamilton went off 29 times in the first half of the race. It's completely different going off yes. track in a lap when you're not battling someone yes. to completing an overtake off the track. I and think this... it was completely fair that Verstappen had to give it back. Yeah, uh, we we can definitely agree on that one yeah. as well. I think it's people don't seem to understand racing another like this was again. This is another thing we need to desperately talk about, isn't it? Track Penalty limits. consistency and track limits. I, I, I yeah. Mm. Sorry, carry on. Yeah, okay, I'll go ahead. I think that is a different issue to the passing off track. I think we can ignore yes. that for now. But the track limit thing, the thing that frustrates me is that you go to some tracks. Um, if I remember correctly, like Imola last year. Uh, on the outside of the chicane, um, yes. you could do anything you wanted. And then on the outside of turn four or turn five, I think it was, you had to stay within the white lines. Like, why is the track limits different for certain corners in qualifying yeah. against the race? The same as here, actually, in Bahrain. Yeah. In qualifying, you had your lap invalidated for running out wide at turn four. And in and free then, practice. And in free practice. And then in the race, they just said, we're well, not policing this, do what you want. And of course, when you say that, the drivers are going to do what they do and get the fastest lap possible by running wide. That's so, their job, yeah. Yeah, that is their job. So Hamilton was completely within his rights to to go off track 29 times until about, I think it was like 30, when they're like, right, we're going to start policing it now because we've gone off 29 times. So, yeah, it that that bit annoys me that they changed the rules mid-race or seems to have changed the rules mid-race. And we're like, well, we're, we're policing it again now. Yeah, but and I think... It was just the poetic irony, really, that the big controversy happened at the same corner. Like... That's why everyone's kicking off, I think. Yeah, and I think this is sort of where the problem lies. It's every Formula One track has a white line going around it. Yeah. <laughs> why can't we just stick to that if it's going to keep bringing up this many issues over and over and over? Yeah. I mean, you look back at Cota 2017. Again, Max Verstappen overtook off the track. Again, had to... Well, I mean, he didn't that he got time a penalty, yeah. He got a penalty to effectively give up the place. But then the rest of the race, the rest of the whole weekend, then, you could do what you wanted with Exactly. Hamilton. It just seems like... If we're going to have these different... Like, again, I think it was completely... I think what the FIA did was right in terms of making Max give the place back. Yeah. But if they were policed in turn four in pre-practice and qualifying, why wasn't it policed in the race? Mm. And why was... I mean, apparently they sent a memo round to the teams on Friday saying it wouldn't be policed as strictly in the race. How on earth are half the drivers not then knowing this? Yeah, it was really... Like, Verstappen, a GP, came on the radio, didn't he? And was like, Lewis is using all of turn four. You should do the same. Exactly. And Max Verstappen instantly did. Yeah. (laughs) But what I noticed as well, rather interestingly, was Perez was never given that message. Do you you know that? Perez was not given that message. I guess it didn't matter as much. They told Verstappen he could do that. I mean, Perez was still trying to carve his way through. I yeah, mean, I when you look at it at the end of the win, race, five and a half seconds, he's he not probably wouldn't have gained that. Yeah, he, I mean, 
you say that? You're talking like two does... tenths at most a lap. Yeah, but over a 56 lap Grand Prix, that's yeah, 11.2 seconds. What, lap 30 or something. That's still about the gap that it was. I don't know. I, think yeah, I mean, yeah, again, you can, you can do all <laughs> hypotheticals, but Sergio Perez was not given that message. That was confirmed. Um, but yeah, if we're going to keep getting all these issues with it, it's just got to be the white lines. Yeah, surely, literally. surely you stick to the white lines if it's going to continue. I mean, if it ends up, again, we're, we're talking highly unlikely situations here. Say, for example, Hamilton wins the World Championship by three points at the end of the year. And that's why people will look back at that. Because people will. If people it comes will, down 100%. to the wire, it's psychologically already that'll be playing for both of them. Max yeah, Verstappen would have gone to bed last night swing. and rewatched that clip in his head a million times. Yeah, but I think the good thing is about Max is that he won't he won't get raged about it. He'll just be like, see what you can learn from it and do better next time. Because I do well, think there's definitely things he could have done yeah, better at that race. This was an idea I've got for another pod- uh, podcast as well in the future. I definitely want to delve into that a bit more as well. Sort of talking about how defining a year this can be for both Max Verstappen mm. and Red Bull as a sort of joint venture as well. But yeah, I think we, we both can fairly agree on the fact that it was fair that Max had to give the back place back. It was fair that Hamilton was running wide. If you think otherwise, you probably don't quite understand the rules and were just sort of reading what had been put on Twitter. Yeah, rather than what had actually been like, sent around. Or you're looking for a fight. There were so many one. things. I think it's easy to point the blame at that one incident. Yeah. Um, and it's and easy like, to hate on Hamilton because he won the Grand Prix. Yeah, exactly. But like, um, there were so many things that race that were unpredictable. Or like, yeah. even in a, quite a normal race, really. Little things made a huge... Like, people say, oh, Hamilton gained two tenths by running wide at turn four every lap. You could say that. You could also say, I don't know if it happened, but, like, Verstappen got DRS off a back marker and Hamilton didn't. That yeah. That's, like, four tenths down the front straight. Exactly. Or you yeah. say, oh, there was no extra lap because of the formation lap. It's that's another Like, it's, it's so many little things that you want to point a finger at, but you just yeah. select the one that you're annoyed about and run with it. So, yeah. I think just go over yourselves. Hamilton won it very fairly. I, as a Max fan, I'm, I was a little bit annoyed, but I think the great thing is, like, in previous years, you're like, oh, Verstappen didn't win a race. What a shame. Hamilton's going to win the title anyway. It doesn't really matter. I think this year, the reason it's more frustrating is because it is a title fight or a season There is genuinely this hope, yeah. isn't there? From, I mean, that's from everyone. Yeah. That and there I, is I think, this hope um, that we're going to get a real battle this year. I think that's why, I'm, that's why I'm not too annoyed, because I think the Red Bull overall was the faster car. And it yeah. makes me very excited for the rest of the season. And I know there's going to be races Max wins, there's going to be races Hamilton wins. So it's not that big of a deal, really. But obviously, it's not a great start for Verstappen to already seem to be losing over one of the battles. Yeah. Uh, obviously, whilst we had all this going on, I mean, it was the only thing we saw in the last 10 laps. Yeah, 100%. Uh, but, I mean, fa- exactly as it should be as well. There's a battle yeah. going on for the lead. I don't care who's battling behind, just straight up. Uh, we did sort of see Perez and Ricardo having a bit of a ding-dong uh, further yeah. down the order. Obviously, Perez did get past Charles Leclerc and Ricardo in the later stages of the race. But yeah, we didn't see either of those. Either. And I still haven't actually seen either. Um, no. I don't think they put on Twitter yet. No, but. they might. Obviously, we, hopefully we'll get some best on board by the time this video goes live. But yeah, we never saw that either. Then we also saw Latifi and Gasly apparently just giving up towards the end. Well, we didn't and, see it. But yeah, <laughs> yeah we, <laughs> they were we still five have no and four idea laps why. down. They were, they were four and five laps down by the end, so I'd imagine they stopped. Otherwise, that's very bad pace. Yeah. Um, yeah, don't know why. Probably just... I think Gasly retired because of the floor damage. I haven't seen anything from Latifi at all, so... Yeah. yeah. Um, but, I mean, yeah, obviously, the end of the Grand Prix. We, we got an opening race of the season that was decided by seven-tenths of a second after 52 laps without safety car intervention. And that was decided with three laps to go, pretty much. What so, more yeah. can you... I mean, let's be fair. You win... Yeah, we, I hope we'll get a better Grand Prix this year or a more memorable Grand Prix. But I think we 100% It's will. not a bad benchmark, It's not a bad way it? to start, no. No. <laughs> and if we get that 22 more times, I'm all for it. Like... Yeah, exactly. I don't think my heart will cope if we get another <laughs> no, 22 that's like true. that. I mean, I'm all for it, but I think I'm going to struggle to cope. Uh, yeah. But I mean, yeah, this was, again, we're going to quickly touch on this then, Jamie. Sergio Perez having that failure before the start, did it cost Max Verstappen a chance at the win? Yes or no? Well, it didn't cost him a chance because he still had the chance. Yes. I think there's so many hypotheticals you can point to. Obviously, that didn't help, but we saw, I think, after lap 53 when he went for the move and had to give it back, 
those next three laps, he was never close enough again, I think, because he used all of his battery, basically, in the overtake, which is completely fair. Yeah. But the idea is and you make an overtake that sticks, and yes. if he's ahead, he's fine. But the problem is he has to get it back, and then he's got no battery left. So I don't think one more lap would have made a difference, in no, all honesty. Fair enough. But fair there's enough. so many little things you can point to that also interfered with the win. Yes, exactly. Uh, this was another thing, actually, that I forgot to mention at the start. Max Verstappen having those diff troubles. Now... We sort of heard it mentioned early on, and then it sort of went away. I don't think now we still quite know exactly what happened. I don't hmm. think, to be honest, we might ever really know exactly what happened, uh, I to think be honest. When, I think we've seen it a lot with Max. Um, any little thing that he happens, picks up on. yeah, like power delivery, differential, if it's anything going slightly away from what it should be, he's straight on the radio. And people yeah. say, oh, it's completely and get on with it. But he is a top class, like a world-class driver. Of course, exactly. he's Hamilton does things. the same. Yeah, Hamilton does the same as well. Um, this is just what they do. Obviously, they're giving feedback to the race engineers. Like, exactly. It's it's an issue with the car. He needs, to, well, if you can do to sort it, but he can obviously cope. Um, yeah, and obviously, don't forget, you can change diff diff settings. If yeah, you can. Race. Yeah. So it shouldn't. I mean, he, I mean, it probably wasn't perfect for him, but I don't think it. Made I think definitely a first didn't it cost him a bit of time. He didn't pull yeah. away as much as I thought he would. Yeah, I noticed even through the first corner of the Grand Prix. You know, he does that big sort of twitch. That even looks like rear diff locking slightly. Mm was what caused that but again i don't think we're, we're talking hypotheticals here yeah again uh so that is sort of i mean quite a long roundup for the bahrain grand prix <laughs> but there was certainly a fair bit to get through uh biggest surprise good and bad then jamie for you uh i'll go with a little rogue one i think and i'll go for the pace of the alphas i was quite surprised by the alfa um, romeos is that? the alfa romeos yeah, yeah sorry they they finished 11th and 12th in the end Yes, and Kimi that, was, that was almost thing, done for the points. Yeah, so that was another I'm thing I was going to mention. Uh, we obviously we had fifty-two cars, fifty-two laps over without safety car intervention. We had eleven cars from one, two, three, four, five, six, seven different teams finishing on the lead lap. Yeah, that is impressive. impressive. Kimi didn't get lapped at all. No, and there was nothing to bunch the field up at all after lap four. Exactly, that's what so I mean. Like, we had fifty-two racing yeah. laps, and Kimi still only ended up eighty-eight seconds behind. Yeah, and he was only, what, two seconds off the points. Like, that's pretty impressive considering where Alpha were last year, only picking up points when people crashed out. So, yeah, I was quite, I was very happy about that. Obviously, his, what, 20th anniversary, him and Alonso, of their Grand Prix debut. Mad. Which is ridiculous because I'm 20. So, like, it's pretty crazy. Um, but, yeah, I was, I, I, it does make me, like, it, it does make me happy seeing Raikkonen be able to fight again. Yeah, so that's your good. Uh, surprise of the weekend. What was your bad surprise of the weekend? <laughs> uh, it's difficult. I don't want to pick Vettel. Um, <laughs> so I'll go with the pace of the Alpine, I think. Because where they were last year, I expected a little bit better. I think Alonso yeah. like took that car to place it shouldn't have been. Yeah, it, was a, it was a drag effort by Alonso, yeah. wasn't it? <laughs> like, I think, realistically, they're looking at probably sixth best um, behind Ferrari, Alfa Tauri and McLaren which is probably not what they expected No, so where they were last year. They're a team pumping so much money into this. Yeah, they're a manufacturer. They should be doing way better. Exactly. So. They should be in that battle yeah. with Ferrari and McLaren. End of, yeah. end of story. They should, be, they should be clear, miles clear of Alpha Tauri. Like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would be my bad, my bad one. What about you? I'm guessing you're going for Sebastian Vettel. No, actually I'm oh. not. I'm going, <laughs> I'm going with just how bad the Haas was as my bad. Mm. I mean, again, we got two rookies in the car, so take it with a pinch of salt. But that thing looked like it was running minus 64 ballast yeah, at the end of the day. So it, it looked impossible to drive from the brief onboards we saw of it as well. That I mean, Seb was probably a close... I mean, yeah, again, Alpine and Seb was probably a close second. because The bad was, thing is, it's not much of a surprise anymore when Seb does bad. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah worrying, isn't it, I think. And then I yeah. think... My good surprise was... I'm going to go Ferrari, to be honest. Mm. I thought, again, you know, this is such a power-orientated circuit. The fact that Ferrari were right there with McLaren, who've got Mercedes power, they've made big strides over the winter. And again, like we both said, we're not Ferrari fans, but we can both completely appreciate you need Ferrari near the front. Yeah. And I am so looking forward to hopefully seeing McLaren and Ferrari really duking it out over the course of the season. Sonoda as well, I was tempted to put in there. 
Uh, but again, sort of the AlphaTauri did look very, very quick this weekend. So I think, to be honest, he probably finished where he should. But probably again, a bit he's lower a than he should, really. But it's his first yeah. race, so he got exactly. some slack. Yeah. Do you think he finished lower than he should? Do you think, I think Ferrari? He did. He, I mean, he finished behind both McLarens, both Mercedes, both Red Bulls, both Ferraris. I think if in Gasly, the fifth fastest car, we reckon. I think it was fourth fastest this week. I think Gasly's always at, really good at Bahrain, and, though. Yeah, that's true. Gasly does have Bahrain tax. But I, I do think if Gasly had done a clean race with no damage, he probably would have been somewhere around Leclerc and Perez by the end. Yeah, right. Briefly then, I mean, again, we'll probably make a full podcast on this later, uh, close to the date. Your top three predictions for Imola. Off wow, the bat. Thinking of last season. Uh, yeah, it's bad there. There's no overtaking. I would go Verstappen, Hamilton, Bottas. I think that's pretty typical, really. Yeah, I'll be honest, I was going to go the same. <laughs> I'm, so I'm going to change it up. I'm going to go Hamilton, Bottas, Verstappen. Right. Really mixing it so I'm gonna mi- I'm, gonna, I'm going to mix it up. I feel like harsh on Perez. I feel like he would have been near Bottas by the end if he hadn't started last. Yes, yeah, that's a good point, actually. Yeah, actually, I'm, I'm going to change it again. I'm going to go <laughs> Hamilton, Verstappen, Perez. That's, that's, I'm not changing it anymore. All right. Right. We'll probably change it in the video post at the time. Yeah, obviously. exactly. I'm sure by the time we've rolled around with our actual uh, pre uh, pre video, uh, things will have changed. So, there we go then, guys. That is the F1 segment of today's video, all done and dusted. Hopefully, obviously, if you guys have enjoyed, uh, you do make sure you leave a like, get yourself subscribed. Obviously, I'll make sure I link us, both our socials uh, down in the description below. Now we're going to do it. I mean, we both wanted to do this as well. Obviously, we're going to jump into a quick F2 discussion. Obviously, a bit more sort of just skimming through it. But obviously, as well, if you're watching this video, stick around. Maybe maybe you're going to enjoy this bit. Get into F2, it's well. great. Get in, yeah, that is a very good point. <laughs> Get into Formula 2. I, I, this is the first season I'm really going to try and watch it throughout. And safe to say, after one race, I'm not changing my opinion, not changing my mind just yeah, yet. Yeah, it's brilliant. This is yeah. basically going to be 15 to 20 minutes of JB183 Guanyuzhou propaganda. <laughs> but we're, we're going to allow it this weekend. So, first things first then, Jamie. Your thoughts on the new format? I thought it was great. I I was a bit sceptical before um, because the format of one feature, then a sprint of reverse grid, seemed to work quite well. Um, I still think it's a little bit confusing having the what reverse grid from quality, then reverse grid again from race one, and then back to normal grid for feature. But once you get your head around it, it's it's very good. And obviously more racing is always better. And having a feature on a, on a Sunday makes sense. Um, so I thought it was really good. I really enjoyed all the races. Uh, the first one was a bit of a slow burn, but the second and third ones were, yeah, brilliant. Yes, yeah, and I think this is, again, I sort of watched that first race Saturday morning, and, I mean, it's race one of the season, isn't it? Everyone, you know what Formula 2's like. I mean, yeah. we very quickly got back our typical Formula 2 uh, by race 2. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, Liam Lawson did a fantastic job. First ever race in a Formula 2 car. He did brilliantly well, obviously, to pick up that P1. Uh, Jay Anderuvula. Again, he's looking... I mean, we'll talk about this a little bit more. He was Mm. consistent all weekend. I mean, he was... When you look down the order, really, he was the only man to get good results. I mean, Guan Yuzhou as well, technically, is (laughs) as well there. But yeah, Jay Anderuvula was really the only man in sort of my eyes that was always right there. Mm, He was always, like, in the picture of top six, wasn't he? So Yeah. And then, of course, you had David Beckman as well. He was sort of coming into this season I didn't really know much about. Yeah, he was a bit average in F3, but he seemed to do quite well. Yeah, uh, especially in the first race, I yeah, do exactly. think that the the first race quite often this season will be a little bit more normal Weird. than F two usually is, because you're like, more normal. Than I F2. think it will because there's so much pressure on race. Oh, one. sorry, you mean like action wise? Yeah, action wise. Right, sorry. Yeah, like, now I get you. Yeah, less like F two really is. <laughs> yes, yeah. Because there's so much there's so much riding on your result of race one. Because if you crash out, you're then last for race two. So. I think that they'll be a little more cautious in race one than they are for the race two in the feature. Yeah, and I think that's obviously well dependent on the calendar to a certain degree. I'm just looking Mm. at it and still cringing. I won't (laughs) lie. It's not not a brilliant calendar, to be fair. No, it's it's just not, is it? Uh, Yeah, we'll we'll talk about that a bit more in a minute. So obviously, yeah, we had obviously uh, Liam Lawson, Jan Deruvela, and then of course it was Richard Beckman rounding out your podium in the first race there. Uh, David Beckman, sorry. <laughs> Richard Beckman. I'm thinking of Richard Vashore. Richard Vashore, yeah. Yeah, that's that's not good. Um, and then obviously Schwartzman in P4. Uh, Oscar Piastri in P5. We'll talk about him in just a moment a whole lot more because all aboard the, the Oscar Piastri hype train. <laughs> I'm all for it. I'm loving it so far. Um, 
And then, of course, yeah, Oscar Piastri P5, Christian Lungard P6 again. A pretty quiet weekend by him. There should have been a bit I more, more in my yeah. eyes. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, you had Guan Yuzhou in 7th and then Dan Tictum in 8th. Uh, and then Larim Zendeli was... picking up the bonus points. Yeah, which, he got the lap. Yeah, which I thought was a bit strange. The fact that he... Oh, wait, yeah, no, where did he He was top finish? 10. You he thought he top was top 10. 10, but I thought sprint races should be top 8. I always no, think, it's always top 10. It's I know weird. it is always top 10, but that's what I mean. I always think you should be only entitled to it if you're scoring points. Yeah. I'd but say. again, it's a, it's a small thing. <laughs> that's a very minor thing, yeah. Yeah, exactly. At the end of the day. Then obviously we move into sprint race 2. We got our Formula 2 back, didn't we? Yeah. Mental race. Really good. I'd watch it in full if I could again, if it was somewhere. Yes. Yeah. I mean, obviously we had Oscar Piastri. Now we'll talk. Well, now we'll, I, I can't hold it on any longer, Jake. Go I'm ahead, Matt. The, I'm getting into the Oscar Piastri <laughs> train. Exactly. I've 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 fallen in love, Jamie. I'll be honest. I'm I'm all for this. I'm an Oscar Piastri. I came into the season. I wanted to see Robert Schwartzman do well. He had a nightmare of a weekend after race one. I mean, he, he crashed in race two down at turn one. Obviously, with Dan Tictum. He had that sort of weird moment, obviously, where Schwartzman was trying to get into the corner at the same time Tictum was trying to get out of the corner. Yeah, Personally, collided. I thought it was more of a racing incident more than anything else. And that was, I think, how it was deemed, wasn't it, in the end? I think so, yeah. Uh, as a racing incident. I think, again, Dan Tictum got a lot of stick for it because he's Dan Tictum, yeah. which I'm not... A, I mean... It's so difficult. Isn't He's it? a bit of a tool, but like he was about 18 at the time, so I let him off. Exactly. Like, yeah. You sort of everyone think... deserves a second chance. Like... Exactly. And he has really proved. I mean, he's been so much better on social media. I had a little bit of gripes in race three. Again, we'll talk about that in a moment. But yeah, race two, he was unlucky, obviously, to have that instant right at the start there. But yeah, Schwartzman, not a particularly good weekend. Certainly, I'm sure he expected more. I'm sure Premier expected more of him. But Oscar Piastri coming in. Straight off the bat, no experience with the car. He did brilliantly well to balance those tyres as well as he did. Yeah, hundred percent. Like the the sprint race two, um, we had very mixed up strategies. I think Piastri did pit at the end under the safety car um, for softs, but even before that, he had really good pace on the hards um, for the first half of the race. I think he was on for like top five anyway, um, and then the safety car played into his hands quite a lot. He just seemed at home straight away, like right at the front of F two, which. You don't often see rookies doing that well in, a, in their debut race. Um, yeah. If they do, they're usually like, like the likes of Leclerc or I Russell. mean, you're talking Leclerc energy yeah. there, aren't you? You look at him in a Prima. Or, or, yeah, again, or George Russell. And you mean those guys won the World Championship that year straight into Formula 1 and looking like absolute weapons instantly. And I think this is the big thing, isn't it? If you can prove you the fact you can adapt from an F3 to an F2 car that quickly, a lot is expected that you'll do the same into F1, yeah. <laughs> We saw Sonoda do that. Exactly. That was, again, race. another example I was thinking of. But, yeah, yeah, so obviously, Oscar Piastri hype train. Choo-choo, all aboard. Well, I'm loving until, it. Until two laps for the end of the feature. But <laughs> Yes. Yeah, obviously... Yeah, we'll, that was a bit of a, a rookie error. But we'll, he's allowed a rookie error since he is a rookie. Exactly. And, again, that one... I mean, we'll, we'll jump into race three, then. You were bricking it before the start, weren't you? <laughs> as, I was, again, as a Guan Yuzhou yeah, fan. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Guan Yuzhou fan. Um... I think he's a really good driver. Uh, you should support him as well. He's from Sheffield. Well, he's, no, he's from Shanghai. He's, he's not from Sheffield. From Sheffield is he? <laughs> <laughs> he's not from Sheffield, but he lives in Sheffield now, which is quite close to where I live. So <laughs> You're going to be around his house later, aren't you? Yeah, I'm going to go see him. Um, I thought he was in the bin when on the formation lap he was on hards and everyone else was on softs. But in the end, sort of playing to his hands with the late safety car, able to pit for, well, he pit for it, but the safety car obviously bunched everyone up. He yeah. had the softs, everyone else had the hards. Um, so he was able to just about hang on at the end, um, getting past, I think it was Richard Bashaw, gained the most from the safety car because he got a free pit stop and was on softs. So he actually had the track position to win. And I think any other driver than a rookie would have won that race in Bashaw's position. Um, but luckily it was a rookie and Guan was able to come through on the softs and take the uh, feature race win, his first ever proper feature race win after he got sort of... No, it was a sprint race last year anyway. The, it was the a sprint one, race anyway, yeah. The red flag in Shanghai. In um, Sochi, so... <laughs> You're addicted was, to uh, Shanghai yeah, now, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, so and again, very happy. I think, yeah, there was obviously some controversial contact again early on. We saw Schwartzman. Not Messed sure up, what that into was into turn four. <laughs> I mean, it, it was Formula 2 is what it was, let's be fair. But yeah, breaking way too late and taking out uh, two, two cars. cars can't really yeah. And then obviously, I mean, the big man. 
Alessio Delada. What a weekend he had! Quickly, I he actually did quite well. I was, I was very surprised. Hey? Was, was it Delada? No, no, I'm thinking Nini. No, Nini did quite well. <laughs> yeah, no, Delada had a. I mean, he what had two DNFs, and I mean, let's be fair, it's going to be him versus Petkoff in the wooden spoon battle. At the rear and, of the and, field. and Ben Viscal, if he gets back. <laughs> yeah, of course. Ben, well, Ben Viscal won't be able to keep up with him. Well, he, he's yeah. only got one race in, uh, in a Formula contract. Four car that he ends up with. He might not be back next week, next race in two months' time. Yeah, because he, he only had a contract for Bahrain, so we he might, we might never see him again, which I mean, would be a blessing. With a bit of luck, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we again, we, we don't have a particularly strong dislike to Ben Viscal. We just we just have a friend who is a rather large fan. <laughs> of Ben Viscal, who, who may or may not be watching this video. I'm sure you'll find him in the comments somewhere if he has. Uh, but yeah, Schwartzman, not a good start. Delayed, not a good weekend. No one really expected any different from that. I just wanted to mention him. Petkov as well, not a weekend. Uh, Boschung as well, sat between him in the results. I didn't even notice him all weekend, to be perfectly honest. Was, yeah, it was good. It was one of those things where like, he's back again, eh? Apparently yeah. <laughs> he got all of his own funding for the season. I can just picture him now trying to drive buses around, trying to <laughs> scrape pulled out together. after one race. Yeah, and just add, yeah, nightmare of a weekend. And that's another thing I think we need to talk about is the reliability of the F2 cars. Oh, that's a joke. <laughs> it shouldn't be an it's issue. It's an equal car thing. It doesn't. The thing is, often in F1, you see reliability be bad because they're pushing the cars to the limit. F2, it's a single manufacturer. It doesn't matter how fast they are, as long as they're all the same speed. Yeah. Just make them safe and make it able to finish races. I think we saw... Um, well, we have Petkov and his extinguisher a blow-up. What was his name? Armstrong, I think, just stopped in race one. Yeah, we had um, two from... cars out at the start of race oh, one. Oh, and um, the guy from the podium as well, the really young one. What's his name? Pocher. Um, he was off for a podium Teo in the first Pocher, race. Yeah. Re- the car just broke. Uh, oh, where have I gone? I've, I've lost the results. Uh, right, sprint race one. You had... Um, it, it, wait! Eh? It only shows the top 18. Oh, they just forgot about everyone else. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> that's strange. That's, so, um, I mean, apparently, yeah, I don't know if that's... Is that the same for the others? Or do they just not show? Yeah, no, they only show the drivers that finished. Oh, so clearly right, Prima, not Prima, um, Delara are so worried about the reliability of their cars, they just won't show cars that didn't finish. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, we had, so, four cars out in race one, but a couple of those weren't... Were crashes, yeah. Yeah, weren't due to reliability, but there were two cars very quickly. I think Nassadi and Pacher were, were reliability, if yeah. I remember correctly. Uh, race two, we had five retirements, but again, that again, was a, lot of a couple of reliability. But you shouldn't be getting any reliability issues. Yeah, reliability should not be an issue in equal cars, no. it, especially top end. I I mean, we say that, they're all the same. But like when you see someone like Porsche retire from race one from the podium positions, that's yeah. he's a rookie. He's a very exciting rookie. I think he's like 18, which is ridiculous. He's 17 still. Is he 17? He's wow. 17 still, I think, um, if I'm not mistaken. The fact that he's then retired in race one, going to be classified like 21st or whatever yeah. it was. Had a worldie of race two. He did. I must and, add. But imagine if he, if he started like, what would have been, seventh in race two? Yeah. That would have been such a better race, obviously. So it just make, it just ruins a whole weekend. When you've got eight rounds a season, one retirement in one race affects like an eighth of the season pretty much. Yeah, 12 and a half percent of your year. Yeah. Which is not good. Then obviously, again, just briefly, we need to talk about it towards the end. Uh, that crash between Piastri and Dan Ticton right mm. towards the end of the day. Piastri's fault. Yes. Well, I shouldn't. No, I shouldn't say that. No. I should say it wasn't Piastri's Racing fault, incident. but it was. It, it was an issue Piastri fault. caused himself. Yeah. <laughs> like it was a bit of a rookie error to keep it in that late into the corner. Um, yeah. I think he was a bit desperate for the podium. Uh, obviously, he's a very quick driver. He'll learn a lot from that. Um, but it was a bit of a shame to see him fall yeah. out so late in the race but it wasn't Tickton's fault at all it was, just it was like to blame him <laughs> yeah it, it was one of those ones that I do in a league race and then afterwards think why on earth did I do that yeah, but why you bail I out in there? <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'd you, bail out you'd be sensible to bail out <laughs> yeah uh, but again like you said people blame Tickton for it because he's Dan Tickton at the yeah. end of the day and Tickton I personally believe had the right to turn into that corner he shouldn't have had to expect Oscar Piastri to keep the nose in again it's Formula 2 so these things happen. <laughs> yeah, these things happen. I think we'll safely say. And obviously that means at the end of the first weekend of the year, Guan Yu Zhou looking comfortable out front. Yeah, I'm very happy. I, I'm sure you I, are. I think the, Sheffield's finest from Shanghai. Yeah. Yep. Uh, the couple behind him as well. I don't expect Lawson, Daruvala or Piastri to really 
maintain that. Maybe Daruvula could. Daruvula should, of, I'd hope. In terms of like the top drivers that I expect to be in the title fight, the likes of, I think, Tickton will be right up there. I think Schwartzman will be by the end of the season. And Christian Lungard. None of them did particularly well. Tickton Piastri? the second place. I don't accept Piastri to maintain you it over You don't think Piastri will? I don't think he's that good. Um, I think this is just the beginning. All the ball, think... the Oscar Piastri hype train, I say. Yeah, well, you look at the results. At the end of the day, he had two good sprints. Like, a lot of rookies can do that. <laughs> yeah, but he then also nearly had a good feature. Nearly had a good I mean, feature. Where was well, he I, running in the feature? I nearly if won the lottery like... the other day. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> if he'd finished well in the feature, like, what, P5? He would have still been P2 overall. Yeah, I'm, I'm impressed by Piastri, but over the course of a season, especially at such a street track-based calendar, I think that will favour the drivers with a bit more experience. Yeah, yeah, that's fair so enough. So I'm I very can happy understand as a fan. Or as, yeah. um, who was it in the commentary box calling Guan Yu Zhu? Uh, yeah, all throughout the weekend, Billy Munger. Which, yeah, Billy Munger in the commentary. Wasn't great, but <laughs> we'll let him off. Small things, time, small things, yeah. Shimi, bigger picture. <laughs> But yeah, I think Guan Yu Zhou is certainly looking like, again, for you, I'm sure, a championship favourite. Again, I think Piastri is going to be right there. I wonder if Daruvula will be. I think Daruvula, for me, feels like he's going to be one of those guys that finishes like P4 at the end of the year, where he has like yeah. eight podiums, but just doesn't get a win and just doesn't quite have the same yeah. hang on. Similar to um, Sete Camera back in the day, who was always like there and thereabouts, but never really that impressive. Yeah. Uh, Ticked him again, I think, could be a championship threat this year, Schwartzman as well. Uh, but I mean, if obviously Teo Porcher as well, I think should hopefully be somewhat bit closer. I mean, closer, Drogovic as well. What oh, a yeah, he looked good. game! He looked good, and he's walked away with two points at the end of the first. I don't weekend. remember everything that happened. I, he caused the crash, I think, with Vip. No, with um the Red Bull who wasn't Vips. The one who won race one. Who was that? Lawson. Lawson, yeah. In yeah. race two, he caused the crash at turn four, which wasn't the cleverest thing to do. No, no, no. Um, that wasn't that wasn't his fault in my eyes. I'll be honest. I One thought, of turn four. I thought, I thought Lawson should have given him the room. He, he watched... Know. I can't remember who it was he watched that went through and then just turned in on him. Yeah. But... It was a like, racing incident. Yeah. These things happen in F2. I think he did get a five-second penalty for that, but I can't remember. To be fair, there's too oh, much yeah, action in yeah. F2. You lose there's track of so much, quickly. Well, we'll have to start doing one of these on Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> and then, obviously, another one on Sunday after the F1 as well but yeah i mean again there's so much potential and so much of the field yeah we, it's a very good we, field this season i think we've got a great there's not, field there's not much routes into f1 for many of them no like, exactly beyond the red bull boys obviously they've always got a route into f1 but the likes of ferrari and renault really need or alpine really need a um a second team well, i mean we ferrari you got, you've got Raikkonen probably on the way out i can't see oh, oh, i hope Giovinazzi actually doesn't keep a seat for much longer i won't no that's true he sorts of seem, he seems like a like a bench warmer until the next good ferrari driver comes through really yeah or, or teo porcher is he a ferrari driver he's sauber no he's alfa romeo right well i think so the way ferrari alpha works ferrari have the rights to one seat yes and at yeah. the minute it's Giovinazzi. So if Salva wanted to put Porsche in, it would have to be for Raikkonen. I think as well, people seem to forget Giovinazzi is like 30. He's like 27, yeah, he's not Which a young is, driver. No. <laughs> <laughs> and he's so average still. I don't know he's, what he's doing in F1, really. Yeah, it's one of those things, isn't it? Where you just are like, you must be loving life, but... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think, again, this is what, to, to round it off, we've got a field with a lot of talent, and we got a lot of tracks with no opportunity for them to really <laughs> showcase it. <laughs> Yeah, Monaco is going to be a procession. Yeah, which is basically whoever qualifies tenth has one race one, whoever finishes tenth has one race two. So no, it's whoever's qualified tenth has one race one, whoever's qualified yeah. on pole, pole has, one, has race one race two, two. and race <laughs> and three. race three. So yeah, pole position is going to be quite important. Yeah, um, yeah, and also if you're not on pole, try and aim for tenth. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Valtteri Bottas aiming for third is the oh, new yeah. energy. It was it was all a plan. Yeah, Baku again isn't. <laughs> Baku's uh, actually quite good in F two. I like Baku. F2. It, it creates a lot of action because they actually go for things. That. They actually yeah. like send it. Yeah, I mean Silver it's basically, it's gonna basically be a track designated to sending it, isn't it, Baku? Yeah, Silverstone's going to be good. Monza's always good in F two, and hopefully I'll be there as well, which would be nice. Um, Sochi, I don't like at all, but it's actually quite no. good with the tyre wear in F2 is a thing. Again, it says a lot when Formula 2 can make Sochi an interesting track. Yeah. Jeddah, we have no idea, but I don't have high hopes. No. And Abu Dhabi will be Abu Dhabi. Jeddah seems like one of those tracks where it's either going to be pure Sochi energy or pure Baku energy. Yeah. It's going to be one hopefully, extreme or the other. Hopefully somewhere in the middle. 
an actual race, but also a bit of craziness as well. Yeah, and then nice. Abu Dhabi is just Abu Dhabi. So I yeah. think yeah, I think Formula Two is uh, Formula Three's arguably got a better car than the Formula Two this year. Yeah, it has. But yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. We'll definitely be back with it. Obviously, like we said, we won't have another F two thing like this really until, until May. May. <laughs> uh, so again, if if you're just here for that, you're probably not going to find too much of it, unfortunately. But we will definitely be back with it covering uh, down the line as well. But I think Jamie, that that rounds it all out. Yeah. Yeah. Th- are you anything else to add? I don't think so. It's a shame we got three weeks off until Imola, but yeah. But again, we'll, we'll, we'll be back before that. We'll, I've there's definitely got a lot of podcast ideas, yeah. But I want to discuss. I'm sure you, there's things as well that you want to discuss as well. Uh, so we we might make some like designated videos, sort of targeting one thing. We then might also do sort of like a general weekly roundup and everything like that. Obviously, depending on how much time we've got, all things considered. But yeah. Thank you all so much for watching once again. If you have enjoyed, do make sure you leave a like, get yourself subscribed to both the channels as well. Check us out on socials. Obviously, we will be tweeting out and doing all this, that and the other uh, during Grand Prix weekends and just generally as well. We we, tr- we generally tweet just a lot of abuse of each other, uh, to be honest. And a lot of rubbish as well. Really. Uh, and a lot of rubbish, yeah, is generally, generally the go-to. We've, we've sold our tweet as well there, I think, as well. <laughs> yeah, we will hopefully be back next week. Uh, discussing Formula 1 once more. Uh, probably not so much to discuss from Formula 2 unless something crazy happens, but we'll, we'll be back very, very soon nonetheless.